Hey everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 173. It is me, your host, Evan, here with the infamous Gabe Montalvo, who just got his eyebrows done, and a very special guest, Mark Shushkevich. Mark, I'm not not even going to bother. You're on the level of Coach K. It's just, we're going to just give you a letter. Mark S., um, or Mark for NY, my my tag uh, on on social media. That's what people know me as. So there we go, Mark for NY, and we'll get into it in just one second. But before we get started, everybody, make sure that you visit our website at EmpireStateConservNetwork.com for links to all of our shows, videos, blogs, merchandise. Again, all of the proceeds which go back into spreading the word, into fighting the censorship that we have been dealing with on social media for about two years now, and hoping to rid New York of leftist tyranny. But Mark has a very, very interesting story. Mark is a uh, Republican candidate out of Coney Island who has a very interesting story about his experience with running for office and his uh, the big F word that we're not allowed to talk about with regards to the election, which gets us banned on social media. But Mark, why don't you give the folks at home a little bit of background about um, your experience with running for office and on election night and kind of why you reached out to me to come on the show, which is which is strange. Usually I'm reaching out to people. So kind of why you kind of, you know, made that move, why you're trying to spread the awareness about what happened to you. Well, I think it's important. I mean, obviously, everyone's focus is on the presidential election and I'm down in D.C. now, which is why I'm streaming from my phone. Uh, I'm down for the stop the steal. And it's important that we we put the fraud out. Well, for the F word, excuse me, uh, out to light and uh and it's happening at the local level uh, and many different races across the country. And it's obviously happening with the presidency and nobody's really, you know, the mainstream media obviously isn't going to talk about it and need to put the word out there. So, and I, I used to, I, I was in production for uh, about almost 10 years. I had a sports TV show, a political TV show. So, I saw you had a decent following and I like to, you know, talk more with the independent people that aren't going to pick and choose what they want to take out of a, out of a conversation. So. Well, decent and independent is what we're shooting for Mark. So thank you for that compliment. Yeah. And, and, and we're new, you know, we haven't been bought out by the blaze yet. That's true. I mean, prior to my election too, uncensored America podcast, that's brand new in the Bronx. He, he had a following of like 500 people. He followed me first. So I reached out to him. Hey, I heard you have a podcast. I wouldn't mind going on. And there was this highest rated podcast that he had at the, you know, at the time because I, I asked other people to share it too. And obviously this is an important subject too. So hopefully a lot of people will share this episode as well and, and get it, get the information out there. Yeah, definitely. So Evan, Mark is guaranteeing us 100% positive reviews. Highest rated. No, uh, Mark might be the new co-host, Gabe. We might just get rid of you and just might keep Mark. No, that was mean, the plan. That's really why I came on. I, I knew it. I knew it. Every time it happens. I'm the diversity hire. You can't do that. True well, story. Name you can't pronounce it. Okay, it's fine. But Mark, why don't you give people kind of a background of what happened with you? I know you were up big on election night, but kind of give the people the details from your in your own words. Yeah, I ran for New York State Assembly in the 46th Assembly District. That includes South Brooklyn, uh, Bay Ridge, Coney Island, Brighton Beach, and Diker Heights. I was set to be the first politician at any level uh, in in the Coney Island area in around 100 years. So I kind of shocked the world at that point, got some uh, national and international media attention for it. 
I was ahead by 9% on election night, which was 2,822 votes. And uh, the absentee ballots at the time were a little over 5,000. And then you had uh, well, about around 9,000 when it was all said and done. So more and more absentee ballots kept coming in. Naturally, they have the uh, they allowed the postmark date to be November 3rd. We have ones that are stamped after after the third. And, and more importantly than that, there's a lot of different shady things that were happening. I'm going to get into some of them. I can't get into every detail about everything. But one one of the biggest problems is people were being mailed ballots that weren't requested. And as you know, since you're in New York State as well, in New York, it's not mail-in voting like in California and other states where everyone gets a ballot. These people didn't request a ballot. I know this for a fact. Democrats that didn't request a ballot got a ballot. And not only did they get one ballot, they got two ballots because there was a, a vendor error that sent two ballots to everybody. So people, there were, there were plenty of people that mailed out two ballots and voted in person. Now, the normal, what happens in that instance is they they if they voted in person and they voted twice by absentee those absentee ballots aren't supposed to be counted but it leaves room for human error because there's not a computer system in place from what i've told what i've been told because i asked that doesn't it automatically just invalidate it when it's barcode no they have to individually go through it and check if the person voted in person as well so with the largest absentee ballot in the history you know i think eight times more than any other year it's obviously going to cause uh, human error in that aspect. And the, the that combined with the fact that people, you know, didn't request a ballot. So you have Democrats that otherwise wouldn't have voted, had voted. You had dead people that voted. Uh, I had one of my volunteers tell me that the person said that um, he the, that person died, but he has power of attorney. So he voted for him. It doesn't work that way. Your power attorney dies as soon as the person dies. Voting doesn't work that way. I don't know why anyone would think that. Also, there's a Cuomo allowed people to cure ballots, so uh, which he's really not allowed to do. But apparently, that happened in the primaries this year, where uh, if somebody forgot to sign their ballot, if there's a signature that doesn't match, or you know, if it's not dated, it doesn't even matter if it's not dated anymore. Like no date, no problem. They're sanitizing um, ballots. We've heard that all over the place. Yeah. We've heard that from Luke Negron in Pennsylvania, too. Yeah, and so they, they give you the opportunity to cure the ballot, which is they sent the letter out to the person to sign an affidavit confirming that it was them that voted. Now, first of all, if somebody if you voted it by mail and it was fraud, you think you're going to send an affidavit and that's not going to be fraudulent, too? Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, I personally knocked on doors to try to cure some of the ballots in the neighborhoods that I did really well in. And the lady that lived there said this person hasn't lived there in 15 to 17 years. That's me personally going there. One of the people I came down with to D.C., she told me her son uh, hasn't lived there in years and he received two absentee ballots and he's a Democrat. So uh, I, these are just individual instances, but the problem I'm having is I emailed the Republican representation at the Board of Elections, and I requested all types of detailed information. I wanted the applications for every single absentee ballot request. I wanted, if they were done online, I wanted the IP address. Uh, I was told, oh, well, don't worry about that. There's no more than five e uh, IP addresses for, you know, 
or whatever the case may be. First of all, you could have VPNs, but I want to investigate if people in the Democratic Party were sitting by a computer and one minute after the other just requesting ballots, typing in the the, the person's name on, on the list of whatever the case may be, because 16,000 ballots were sent out, 9,000 actually went, and you actually had 238, I believe the number was, returned to sender. So some of these are permanent absentee ballots where the person no longer lives there anymore, died, whatever the case may be. But I don't think it's 238 of them. And why would you request a ballot if you don't live there anymore? So obviously the Democratic Party is going in and requesting ballots for people that aren't requesting them to try to increase the number of votes. So that in itself is a problem. These are these are ballot dumps. It's plain and simple. We've seen this happen throughout the state and federal level. We were probably we might even see it again for the city elections coming up in 2021. And it's a very scary idea. I mean, Mark, you, this isn't, sadly, this isn't only uh, happening to you. We saw Jamie Silvestri was ahead. George Santos was ahead for big. a long time. Big. Jamie, Jamie was a pretty big on yeah. election night. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, you see ballot dumps. It seems ballot dumps, like they're ballot dumps. But I mean, alleged outcome, ballot dumps, alleged F-words, the things happen. Right, alleged F-word things happen. And it's a sad thing where you can't even talk about or call it out. And what happens? You don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. If you repeat it over and over in your head, then it never happened. You just put yourself into that psychosis that it you just you have to believe it. And if not, how dare you? You're threatening this election. We are questioning the election. We were told back in 2016 that we had a right uh, to be able to inquire about our election process. We had a right to transparency to see if President Trump was a legitimate president. And we, we all agree, except for the Democrats, until they won or until they say that they win. Now it's like, there's no need to go over anything. We trust the system. We still like to get rid of the, uh, the electoral college, but for the, for the most part, you know, everything's good. And Gavin, uh, a couple of episodes back, even went into saying that in New York State specifically, you have to go to the Board of Elections yourself and say, hey, by the way, such and so has passed away kick them off and that's even 100 percent. that's not it that doesn't that's not even all you have to do you have to have, give them an original copy of the death certificate too mm-hmm. so it's not even like you could call and say hey my father or my mother passed away like can you take them off the voter list they'll they won't do it unless you give them an actual cop um, uh, original uh, copy of the of the death certificate and that's 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 ridiculous that you have to go through all that They'll, they'll still send social security checks out to people that are, you know, or they'll, they'll be better with that, cutting that off. But with the, with the election, it's like people who have been dead for over a decade are still on the voter list. No, it's really ridiculous. And we've talked about this before. And the scary thing is that, like Gabe mentioned, the Democrats have been talking about election security for years already. They've been talking about they didn't want mail-in voting in the past because they knew it, it could lead to fraud. They didn't want these Dominion machines because they didn't think they were secure. But now that they're on top, they're supposedly winning. Oh, no, no, can't question it. We can't question anything. Yeah, and the Georgia election today is still being used Dominion voting systems, which is obviously getting me and a lot of other people in America nervous. Because if we lose the Senate, too, then we're, we're just completely screwed. But more, even more importantly than that, that's, that's bad enough. And, you know, listen, it'll be a very dark four years if that happens. Or even just two years. But the real problem is if we cannot trust our election system, then we don't have a republic. We, it, there's no point yeah. in voting because if you can just cheat and, change, and add in votes or change votes, 
then we don't have a free system anymore. Then it is completely controlled by whoever's in charge. And there will be no faith in the system. And everything that we have lived and worked for and taught that is right and true is gone. So we yeah. have to make sure that the election is fair. Win or lose, the election has to be verified. It has to be fair. We have to know that there isn't fraud. We have to know that we can trust the people counting the votes. And there's too much There's too much out there. There's your story. There's Republican poll watchers not being allowed into buildings. It's just like... Even the live broadcast with, no, fine. with the presidential election, with the live broadcast, you're seeing him lose uh, 10, 15,000 votes and Biden gaining them broadcast live on TV. And, you know, it's it's I don't know if you've seen any of those videos, but apparently, uh, you know, they they showed it right on TV as the numbers were coming in. That that change of I don't remember the exact number of votes, but it was a large number, whether it was. 15,000, 20,000, whatever the case may be, that number jumped up, you know, to Biden and reduced. How do you lose votes? You don't lose votes. It goes up. It might go up slowly, but is he not going to subtract 20,000 votes from Trump? So, But it's also yeah, the possibility of all these things that happen, right? Biden won a record low amount of counties, but somehow got more votes than anyone else in the history of presidential elections. Yeah, it stuff just doesn't make sense. Like you said, you were up nine points on election night. That's how a big that, lead. How? Yeah, that's huge lead. How does that just completely disappear? It doesn't make yeah. sense. How does Biden's votes go from this to that overnight? The whole thing doesn't make sense. And the people who are on the winning side don't care because yeah. And and the Biden. news is the news is just making us all sound like crazy conspiracy theorists and saying that there's no evidence they're not reporting any of the evidence that's being put out there and there's obviously a lot of corruption and you even have the rhinos out there that are trying like how how do these rhinos come out and just make certain statements like like everything is fair and uh, you know trump needs to give up already it's like you got to be kidding me like there's no if, if we don't pull through with this I don't think we win another election ever. Like, we, you might have the rhinos that stay in office just for show, but any legitimate, you know, non-corrupt politician isn't going to be allowed in office mm -hmm. moving forward. They're going to take over. If they take over the Senate, too, and, and the presidency and, the, and Congress, they're going to want mail-in voting just like California across the country, and the integrity of the elections are going to be shot just like they did. In, in countries that turn into communist countries. And it's a very scary situation because the only reason why people care about people protesting like the Million MAGA March, which I'm, I'm here for what's expected to be even more than a million people this time, is because they're worried about the way people vote. But if you don't care how the people vote because you have a rig, then you could care less if a million people are gathering and they aren't happy with what you want. They're just going to do what they want anyway. And it's, it's uh, scary times. Yeah, and who determines who wins? You don't find ballot dumps for Republicans. You almost never do. Not that I've seen, especially not in this election. You, yes. you find Republicans winning and they get challenged and they show that they either come up with more votes, they, they'll lose a little bit because of a, of a rounding error potentially, but they'll still come out winning. You won't see the spikes that Biden had. You won't see the spikes, Mark, that you had to, that you had to go through, which sadly cost the election. You don't I see actually had... I actually had more absentee ballots percentage-wise than any other Republican, but it still wasn't enough because more and more just kept coming in. It's like you had to just 
match it. And then you have to just keep going more to ensure that there's no way to, to discourage people from challenging. And sadly, you have to question really what's going to happen next. Who will be able to control who's the president? This is a banana republic. That's what it's really going to turn into. And you're right. The media is making it sound like we're crazy conspiracy theorists. Back in 2016, 2017, it was all about how Dominion voting systems were extremely easy to hack into, how they were able to be influenced by outside uh, uh, presences, by an outside presence. So now they're saying that historically speaking, historically speaking, the United States, if you click on the election results infographics that uh, the social media posts, well, like Facebook and Instagram will put underneath your post, they'll, they'll say that historically speaking, uh, absentee ballots have been uh, very effective in the past, as well as uh, the as not having any fraud in the United States. Close to little to no fraud. That fraud has not been a problem in the U.S. elections. If one person that is dead votes, that is an issue. We sh- we we are a first world country. We have great technology. I'm not trying to you know pose over anyone, but. If we're to set the standards for the world stage, which we've done many times because we are the number one superpower in this world, why do we not have these things efficient? And I wouldn't agree if President Trump out of nowhere got 200,000 ballots in the middle of the night after we said that we're gonna stop counting. I wouldn't agree with that. I'd say that that's fishy too, but you don't see that that's happening. Hundreds hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of ballots flooding in and at times they're just voting for the for on the federal level, not even for the rest of the of the. Uh, the That's the craziest thing. They're not voting down ballot. Republicans did amazing down ballot, and then President Trump gets more votes than any other standing president in the history of the country. He improves. He improves with African Americans, with Latinos, with everybody except for white men, and he somehow loses to a guy who wins a record low amount of counties. It doesn't make sense. When you talk of well, as far as the the minority vote, the most for a Republican since 1960. But there is one demographic that the Democrats don't even have to fight for the vote, which they have, you know, probably close to 100 percent. Do you know what that is? Dead people. Yeah, basically dead people. <laughs> they don't have to even fight for that vote. They got it on lock all the time. So. But it, it it's really it's a problem, and the real issue is that. I talk to people on the left and people who aren't even like that far left, people who are just like, I'm not into politics, but I'm a Democrat because I'm in New York and I'm, I live in New York City and they don't know what they're talking about. And they're like, yeah, but you know, like there's always there's always like some level of fraud. I'm like, why is that acceptable? Why is it acceptable? There yeah. should be zero fraud in our elections. It is 2021. We have I don't care if it's run on batteries and we get food delivered to our houses. Okay, at the touch of a button on your phone, you can have food at your house in 20 minutes. Why can't we have a secure election? Yeah, well, because a, it favors them. We could, but they don't. They don't want to implement the things necessary, like voter ID, which they want to go and, and say it's racist, as if you know it has anything to do with race at all. Like if you you actually, I forgot who it was. They did a very good video going into Harlem and saying, "Do you have an ID?" Of course, I have an ID. It's like do you was think that it might have actually been. It, it's, it's like it, it, it's it's actually the other way around. It's racist to assume that minorities don't have an ID. Because everyone has an ID. Like you need an ID. You know, police officers could stop you in the middle of the street if you're, you know, an adult. And if they ask you for an ID, you're supposed to present an ID to them. 
You're supposed to have an ID on at all times. So the, the concept that it's racist to ask for an ID to vote to confirm that you are who you say you are, because they know the list of dead people. So you, you could go in and, and say that you're this dead person, even with in-person voting. You could have a, a list of people that go in and, and say that I'm, I'm John Smith, who's, who's 40 years old, and I look like I'm 40 years old. So I go in and I say I'm John Smith, and I sign and I vote for John Smith, even though John Smith is dead. I mean, that doesn't happen that often in person, but it's, it's more so happening with uh, absentee and mail-in voting. But at the same time, these are things that need to be fixed. Another thing is the affidavit ballots in New York where, you know, I was questioning the Board of Elections and I said, hold on, wait a minute. They could sign an absentee ballot. They didn't change their voter registration to their new address, but they could go and fill out and say, I live at such and such address and I'm voting. So let's just say Williamsburg is completely Democrat. They don't really need votes in Democratic areas. So they could say, hey, listen, uh, Joe, go over to Bay Ridge or Coney Island or whatever. We need more votes in that area and, and put down that address. And they say, oh, well, they're signing an affidavit. They could go to jail for that. Really? Are you going to check if they live at 550 whatever, 81st Street? Like, no, you're not going to check that. So they can go and, and they could, you know, as long as they're a registered voter with their old address in Williamsburg or whatever the case may be, then they're not going to deny them that vote. And they don't have to prove that they moved there. They don't have to show a utility bill. They don't have to show anything. They could just say that they live in that district and, and you know, they could they could vote and their vote will count. So, I mean, these are, this is the way I think. And I don't think the Board of Elections thought that I would be. As you know, I used to be a poll site coordinator. Most of the people at the Board of Elections are, aren't the sharp, sharpest knives in the drawer. Um, so I wanted to know how everything worked. Uh, you know, I did poll, poll site coordinator for a couple of years, pretty much every election for the past few years before I decided to run for office. And then I asked more in-depth details, like you can see with the IP address and things of that nature. These aren't questions that they expect to hear from a candidate. And when I started requesting all these detailed information so I could do uh, my own investigation, they just go radio silent on me. I, I my original request was prior to Thanksgiving, and it's now you know new past New Year's Day. I sent several follow up emails asking what's going on, when when can I get this information, and nothing. So, hmm. so you were actually on top of everything that you needed to do, and these people were not able to provide you with sufficient information that you requested. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, pr prior to the absentee ballot count, they send me copies of every single absentee ballot. But some of those are invalid. And once they go through a machine that opens the ballots up, then those are the ones that are counted and the, the, the ballot and the envelope get separated. So you don't know what that person voted for for those reasons. So if that ballot ends up being fraudulent, you don't know how that person voted or anything. Um which, which makes it difficult because even if I uncover a, a thousand cases of fraud, there's no way to determine whether or not that person voted for me or my opponent. Obviously, if it was fraud, then chances are they voted for my opponent. But, um, but at, the, at the same time, I requested copies of the ones that they considered valid because I didn't want copies of everything. I wanted narrowed down to the ones that you considered valid because I had a whole team of volunteers that went through, we had to go through over 8,000 ballots and contest ones that the signatures didn't match, uh, contest ones that, you know, 
uh, were dated after the 4th that didn't have a poll site stamp on it or the proper postmark, all different things that we were able to contest things for. And some of those contested ballots, we didn't win. Some of them we did. So some of those ballots were invalidated. But, you know, we had, I think, three days to go over 8,000 ballots before they started counting them. And then you're separating which ones we went through everything and all the affidavit ballots um, and contested the ones that we contested. Uh, I mean, I have a keen eye. I don't know how well the volunteers did. I think some, you know, but either way, um, after the fact, I wanted to the information about the applications itself because of my theory that over 16,000 were requested and only 9,000 were received. So I want to know that 7,000 people re to really change their mind and decide that they wanted a mail absentee ballot and they did no longer want to vote absentee or did, you know, may maybe a thousand or 2000 people decided they'll do early voting instead. But how many of those people didn't request a ballot at all and got them in the mail because somebody was going on their computer and going down the voter registration list and saying this person, you know, is, is a Democrat and hasn't voted. Let's mail them uh, an absentee ballot. So that way, maybe if it's mailed to them, they'll decide to do it because they don't come out to vote. So let's do it for them. And that's that's one of the many things that I think happened. No, but when you look at everything that's going on, so everyone goes, oh, oh, it's just one county, right? It's one race. It's one. But it's not one. We yeah. constantly are hearing uh, hearing it from other people. You know, Mark, you reached out to me. Luke, uh, Luke Negron, who ran out of Pennsylvania, I think it was 18. He, he reached out about the same exact things happening. People not being on ballots. We heard it happen to George Santos. The same thing, you know, jumps in the middle of the night against Jamie Silvestri, against George Santos. When it's happening all over the place, it's now not an isolated incident. Yeah, now, it's harder to think that it's, it's just, just a conspiracy widespread. theory. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. When you question everything, they're like, you're talking about widespread voter for. That's what I'm hearing from one of the people at the Board of Elections. I'm like, yeah. So, like, I mean, first of all, I'm just asking you questions. I want the... I want the information so I could actually do the investigation and actually have evidence. You know, right now I don't have all the information I need to do a proper investigation. I just have the original things that they sent me, but not the things that I requested after the fact. And whether it's one, one, even if it's only a hundred people or five people, whatever the case may be that I found that dead people voted, the people that voted for them need to start being sent to jail. But the problem is we have Democrat judges, we have, you know, Democrat DAs, we got, you know, a, a city controlled by Democrats that aren't going to prosecute these people because they want them to do that. So and, and that's a problem. If people start going to jail, how many times do you hear are the, there's so they say there's so few cases of voter fraud? Those are the only those are only the ones that got caught and went to jail for it. That doesn't mean that that's the only one that happens. It's like saying. Uh oh, a uh, hundred drug dealers got arrested. So there's only a hundred drug dealers out there. No, there's thousands, but you only caught a hundred of them. That's, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, it, it, so you bring up very good points. Now, my question is this, you're right now you're in DC, far from the native of uh, Brooklyn. Uh, and what do you hope to accomplish going down to DC? Do you think it'll show do you think it'll show strength that uh, uh, that we support President Trump? Do you think it might actually change something? Because I'm pretty sure that's when uh, Mike Pence is going to be uh, going down there to either accept uh, or reject the uh, Electoral College results. Uh, 
what is it that you hope to accomplish in regards to the the um, challenging the fraud? Well, it, it is a position of 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 strength as far as showing the numbers and showing the people that you know we we, we want America to know that you know the 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 silent. Uh, majority used to formerly the silent majority we're not very silent anymore but there's a lot more of us than there are of them and we want to let people know that we want to let them know that you know because sometimes you have uh you know the mainstream media trying to make people feel like they're crazy for thinking that way it's good to be with other you know a large group of people that are on the same page and it's also fun. I mean, let's, you know, it's, I went to the one in December. I had a good time holding the giant Trump flag and everything. So, and it's fun, you know, going with friends and, and doing that. I mean, that's one of the aspects. It's not the main reason. I mean, Trump called on people to come here and we obviously support him. So we're going to show up in large numbers and, and send the message to America that we're here and we're, we're you know, we're not going to take it. So Definitely. I think could do this. Part of what's going on, though, is, again, with the left pushing this theory that we're all conspiracy theorists, that this is unprecedented, no one's ever challenged the election results, there is video of Maxine Waters standing up in yep. the House of Representatives asking people to challenge the election of Donald J. Trump. Yeah, you had, you had several, you had, you had several uh, Congress members do that, but they didn't have uh, Senate signatures, so they're... they're uh, so Biden, uh, at the time I saw the video as well, where Biden said, uh, you know, because he was the vice president at the time, and he said, you know, by whatever the law is, you need a, it, the, it has to be in writing, and it has to be one one member from the House of Representatives and one member from the Senate. Do you have that written statement signed by both? And like, no, we have one from, and he's like, you know, the, 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 it won't be heard or whatever. And that, that went on constantly with several Congress members that try to put their complaint with the false uh, Ru Russia hoax that they were trying to put out there. We know the Democrats don't follow the rules anyway. Anyway, but you know, yeah, basically. Well, well, even with Russia, there were there were letters sent out saying that the Clintons were telling federal in uh, the, the the FBI and federal uh, agents and entities to falsify a huge uh, scheme scandal, and that's what the Russia probe was. And what do we find? We find that she's fine. It's okay. People get away with it. And this is all leaked. This is all information that you're able to, you know, look up on your own. And what's sad is that nothing really happens at the end of the day. Think about it. Tomorrow here in New York State, the Assembly is going to be pushing for the ability to take you out of your home in case that you are seen as a public yep. health risk. A416 is, is the name of the bill. There we go. What's happening? What, this is not the United States. And I... And I'm not the one. The mandatory vaccine bill too, a one 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 seven nine, which I protested along with Black Lives Matter. Believe it or not, uh, this past uh, weekend, um, Saturday, we you got some. Of, yeah, we had nice. some of some of, some of the leaders with uh, uh, from the MAGA movement, and some of the leaders from Black Lives Matter, coming together, uh, uniting because we both agree that that's uh, a major government overreach. Uh, the mandatory vaccine the bill, government overreach, and voter fraud should yeah. be nonpartisan issues. We've yeah. had this thing before. All these things should be nonpartisan issues. But, they, but the side so that's on top doesn't care. Yeah. Like, if 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 I saw the... I think Charlie Kirk mentioned it before, the Nixon-JFK election, when Nixon was the vice president, and Hawaii seemed a little shady, or whatever the case may be, to keep the choice 
story short, even though it would affect him, he was saying that it seems like there was a legitimate case here that Hawaii went to JFK and he ruled in favor of JFK. I mean, he ended up losing the election and ended up hurting him, but the integrity of the election, the way people actually wanted to vote should matter. If Biden won fairly, which nobody thought that he would, then then that would be one thing. But I mean, obviously he didn't. There's so much evidence out there. You have counties where more people voted than there are registered voters. I believe that was in Michigan. And it's uh, it's completely insane. There's Michigan and Wisconsin. But this is the problem yeah. that people have used, have looked at the government as a tool for, a, once again, selective tyranny. If you are pushing my agenda, I'm fine with you doing whatever you want. And this is how we've gotten to this point. Because the left doesn't care if people are cheating as long as their side is winning. If it was the other way around, for three years, was it three and a half years, they were burning down cities, marching in the street, and ruining everyone's lives because President Trump was an alleged racist, which is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. But now that it doesn't matter that they cheated because they got their guy Biden and they have Kamala who is a woman of color and they got what they wanted and how everyone should just come together and let's forget about voter fraud. Let's forget about elections being unsecure, insecure. Let's just do, let's just go back to business as usual. That's what they want. Well, let's also remember that in the Georgia elections, you had people like Yang saying to move to Georgia or to Georgia Which is a crime. and register to vote. Like you don't live there. God. It's all right. He's moving to New York to run for mayor. He's guy, that guy's the worst. I can't but like the fact that anyone jumped on the fuck on the Yang gang is just absolutely ridiculous. You promise to people a thousand dollars a month and they'll do anything. It's so sickening that people have come down to a thousand dollars a month and you'll tug on this dude's jock. I'm pretty well, I'm pretty sure he I think he actually has one of the better chances of winning. Uh, and I would say it's not going to help New York City. It's not going to help crisis. It, well, it's going to, well, listen, first of all, if I had to choose between the, anyone on the city council that is eyeing that mayoral seat and Andrew Yang, sadly, I got to say Andrew Yang. Gabe, that's I like asking that, if you'd rather get herpes or like full blown AIDS. They're both bad, but one's AIDS is worse. worse. AIDS is worse. Yeah, but I don't want either of them. I still don't want herpes. This well, is yeah. like, this is the problem is we can't. We can't settle for the lesser of two evils. This is what the left does. The and left settles, right? They settled strong. for Biden. They settled for Biden because Bernie Sanders is an open communist. So yes. the entire Democrat Party settled for Joe Biden. We cannot settle. It seems like they're Joe pushing Biden a communist agenda anyway. Right now. We need a strong, united GOP. And that's what we need. And. This Christmas is, is over, Gabe. You should have asked Santa. Well, we we had uh, well, the GOP went behind Nicole Maliotakis uh, four years ago against uh, the Blasio. No primary. That's that's how we you know the party came together because you know certain people were like okay you know Nicole's our our guy. Let's just let her run, and no, nobody went against her, and it was kind of a united front there with the mayoral race, but it still wasn't enough. And you have a female, too. So all those people that wanted a female president, now you could have a female mayor. But, no, it has to be a Democrat female in order for them to care. So um, United Front in, in New York City is, is tough because you have so many people that are brainwashed by the mainstream media, convinced that Republicans are all racist and homophobic and all these other types of false negative stereotypes. And that's all they think about. They don't actually 
look at the policy. Even me, I had, I ran my, my slogan, my campaign slogan was forget about red versus blue, vote for the candidate that will fight for you. Okay. And I put an entire list on mark of nonpartisan issues take on the banks and their unfair overdraft fees. Cause I think it's ridiculous how banks, I used to be a financial advisor for JP Morgan chase and the banks make more money off of people that have direct deposit with a few hundred in their checking account that, that are paying overdraft fees than somebody with over a hundred thousand in their checking account with no, that's getting no interest. So they beat people over the head with multiple fees or, uh, you know, things of that nature. So that's something that resonated with certain people. Also education, life skills, programs teaching people about credit teaching them about um how checking how the different banking products works investing um how to change a flat tire all different types of life skills so you know basics of plumbing and electrical things that are one one day classes for one semester where they could learn a lot of basic things put their desk together on the first day um so these were a lot of an after-school video game program Funding affordable housing with municipal bonds instead of giving developers 15-year tax abatements. So the developers obviously don't want me to win. The banks will lose billions of dollars if they lose those overdraft fees. So my website was taken down on numerous occasions. Uh, my checking account was wiped out the day after Election Day and the day after I became the Republican candidate due to fraud. So, I mean, the, the, obviously there are people that don't want me in office. And... They also thought that there hasn't been a Republican that won that seat in almost a century. So they didn't really worry about me too much. But I pushed hard. I ran a great campaign and I got the victory. And I was I already spoke to people on election night as far as getting the funding for some of these programs that I wanted to implement in the schools. And it would have been good for the community. You have people in Coney Island that says, oh, he's not going to care about the projects. He's not going to care about this is like. You've been voting Democrat for 100 years. How's that working out for you? Now you finally have somebody that actually cares and wants to put these programs in place and make a make them build up the community, but you want more of the same instead. Because so they've, been they've been brainwashing the thinking that the only the only route forward is, is government handouts, and that's just not true. It's the opposite of the route forward. The route forward is to get rid of government handouts, is to get off that government paycheck, so you could be more than just another, you know, notch in the Democrats bedpost that they go, oh, yeah, yep, that's our voter right there. It's another person on public assistance. That's one of our voters. We got them. Yeah, basically. But at the same time, like they they try to tell you that you're crazy if you're thinking that, you know, it's a communist agenda. But that's basically what it is. Once you have everyone more and more people dependent on the government, then that's when they take over. I mean, these are the similarities of what happened in Venezuela and pretty much every other country that turned into a communist country, the divide and conquer, turn people against each other, make them not even pay attention to who the real enemies are, make them dependent on the government. I mean, you have people that are in six-figure student loan debts by design so that they feel that the government owes them and uh, the government needs to take care of them. And that's the mentality that a lot of our youth have is that they they feel like the government needs to take care of them. But they don't realize that eventually that free government money runs out and then you're working, you know, for basically next to nothing, waiting on bread lines and all types of horrible living. You have people in Venezuela that are eating out of the garbage. I mean, right. if the government's taking care of you, then why are all these Democratic cities have so much so, such 
high homeless rates that keep increasing. Because that's once how the government home- takes care of people, Mark. Yeah, the one, government doesn't solve yeah, anything. You, you, they you get that, problems; they create you, problems. You get that free money for a while, and then once that runs out, next thing you know, you got nothing, and mm-hmm. and that's going. It's only going to get worse and worse unless we do something now. And if you're going to allow fraudulent elections, then you're going to allow more of the same horrible, destructive Democratic policies destroying other cities and states across the country. And people's, you know, I think about moving to Texas or Florida or whatever the case may be, and people like New York is done or whatever. It's a lost cause. California, same thing. But the way I see it, just to like Venezuela, people from Venezuela flee to over here. If we keep running and escaping country, uh, our, our own states after the Democrats take over, then we're eventually we're going to run out of states to run to. So it's, it's like, I got into the same states that we are. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you saw, you saw Arizona, how that's even a, a swing state is beyond me. Um, and then they thought Texas was going to possibly turn blue. It didn't, thankfully. Um, but, but I mean, it's, it's, it, it's crazy. And it's, it's scary at the same time that we're losing our country and more, you know, they control the narrative. And I think even though we have the majority of people on our side, the media makes it seem like there aren't that many of, of us and we're, we're just, you know, crazy and racist and all different types of negative, uh, false nonsense. Right. Well, I think what you say is a hundred percent correct. Now, I'd say before we start to, uh, you know, to sign off here, because you have a lot of great ideas, in my opinion, uh, do you intend to run again? I mean, people say I should just wait for the state assembly again in, in, you know, uh, 2022. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, I don't know how bad the city is going to be in at that point. And at the same time, some of the things that I wanted to implement are on the city level and not the state level. The bank overdraft fees is on the state level, but the municipal bonds for affordable housing, that's on the city level. So I I don't know whether I'd be able to implement that again. I mean, I put the post out there on New Year's Eve, uh, de Blasio and Cuomo shutting down our city. They they said 15 days to stop the spread. I said, I'm giving them 15 days to stop the BS and open New York or I'll open it for you and run for mayor. Um, which is a possibility. It's something I'm still considering. So January 15th makes 15 days. So maybe I'll announce that I'm doing that on January 15th, but we'll see. Well, I'll be looking forward to it. All right, guys, that will be our show for today. Mark, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, I thank you once again for fighting for free and fair elections, because once again, if we do not have free and fair elections, we have absolutely nothing. I hope you never stop fighting for that as we will never stop doing it either. Why don't you let the people who are watching know where they can find out more about you either online or on social media? Yeah, the website is Mark, the number, Mark with a K, the number four, ny.com. All my social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Parler is all Mark for NY as well. So M-A-R-K, the number four, NY is the handle and the dot com is the website. It goes in detail about my life in depth on the ideas that I put out there about the municipal bonds and about 10 different ideas and details on how to implement it. Because my thought process was even if I don't win, hopefully some other honest politician will actually do some of these things to make a better New York. I know wishful thinking. (laughs) Honest politicians like an oxymoron or something, but there are there are some of them out there. 
Is he Gabe? See how he does social media handles? You see that? You yeah. see that? That's how you're supposed to do it. Gabe, give everyone your 30,000 handles. All right. So <laughs> if you are on Instagram, uh, follow me at Baron.Montalvo, B R O N. On Twitter, it's Baron underscore Montalvo. And on Facebook and Parlor, it is the Baron Montalvo. Uh, if you support the Hispanic conservative movement and you're in New York, especially, uh, please check out RNHA New York. Uh, send us a message. We'd love to have you. And if you're a young Republican looking for a home, uh, please, and in New York, check out the New York Young Republicans Club. Okay, what is a young Republican? A young Republican is a Republican between the ages of 18 to, I think, either 40 or 41. Oh, cool. I'll be young for at least another 10 years. Um, but guys, make sure that you ch check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives. I'm on, on Instagram at underscore Empire State Conservatives. On Parlor at Empire State Conservatives. On Twitter at Empire State Cons. On YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network. And make sure, once again, check out our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com. has links to all of our stuff. And once again, if you can support us, by buying some merch, all of that goes back into keeping the lights on and to spreading awareness within New York. Guys, New York is not a lost cause. I'm telling you, anything can be flipped. Anything can be changed. You just have to be willing to stand up and fight. So for that, amen, not a woman. And don't let fear take your freedom. Mm -hmm.